moving away from diet culture or these different messages is kind of that if we're always using someone else's measuring mm-hmm. stick to like see how we're doing or like you know how how good we are how attractive we are right like it's hard because it's so arbitrary and everyone has these different things and the tides shift and then all of a sudden something else is like trendy or considered beautiful right and so by being able to give that to yourself and practice giving that to yourself I think is like a really powerful thing to to start with welcome to honey do me a podcast that goes into the bedroom and beyond hosted by Emma Norman and Cass Anderson. Here at Honey Do Me, we don't have all the answers. So we chat with experts, educators, and badass changemakers to get them. We are here to remind our listeners and ourselves that what we're going through is normal, that we are worthy of love and pleasure, and that we are all in this together. So tell us, honey, how do you do you? Cookie Monster. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another week with Sesame Street. <laughs> That's probably trademarked. Uh, trademark. There we go. <laughs> TM. TM after TM. that. Hmm. How are you doing? Oh, just surviving and thriving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. SSRI and SSRI. <laughs> Did you just think of that? Yes, I did. I like actually, that. thank you. They're making you wittier. TM. <laughs> TM. I TM'd that. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That 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 belongs to Honey Do Me. That belongs to us now. Thank uh-huh. you. Uh-huh. I think we should TM everything that we yeah. like to say now. <laughs> Butt stuff. TM. Let's just dive in. Yeah. TM. TM. That's mine. Dibs. Dibs. Fucking dibs. Eat your heart out. TM. TM. <laughs> I love this for us. Mm-hmm. We're going to make so much money. I know. On people who talk about this stuff. It's like Monopoly. It's like anytime <laughs> they land on my word. Money. Pay me. Pay me. Money in my pockets. Yeah. Croquettes. How are you? I'm doing fine. I've had a lot of interviews, job interviews this week. Yeah, you have. So you're taking the business world by storm. By storm. Watch out, world. M Norms is Has got coming. the bull by the horns. <laughs> TM. TM. <laughs> I hope so. That's what I want. So I'm just a little tired, but I had a lot of fun in this interview that we were, we did today. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, so my funny story that I wanted to tell you was at one point we bring up pasta and we bring up yes. cheesy pasta. And then Cass points to me because I'm lactose intolerant. We all know. Um, She's a tootie gal. Tootie gal. But it reminded me of a story I feel like people would enjoy of one time. So food allergies hit me like a ton of bricks. (laughs) (laughs) The bull had you by the horns. The bull had me by the horns. Do you know where I'm going with this? I'll tell you anyways. Okay. Um, okay. (laughs) So one time I was out on an anniversary dinner and I had... You had the sheep by the horns. I had the shitters by the horns. I had lamb in my pasta, and I guess I'm allergic to lamb. And let's just say I quickly ruined that anniversary dinner by shitting myself. <laughs> Did you actually? I shit was so close. A I shit a subway to death. <laughs> like, I, okay, but if I had a nickel every time I had diarrhea in a subway. I would have many nickels. I would be wealthy. <laughs> wealthy woman. Yeah. I also have food allergies. I almost shit myself on the street and then I found <laughs> like you just like bridesmaids imagine. version. Were of you in a dress? Shitting myself in the street. No, jeans. Not a uh, quick release. Tight jeans yeah. too, I'm sure. <laughs> Peak skinny jeans. So um, it just reminded me of that glorious time in my life when I, uh, om- when I almost shit myself. Is there anything worse than emergency diarrhea? Nothing. Because it felt like emergency, like when you're about to like throw up or get sick. Yeah. But out of your butt. Uh-huh. And there's no way to, like you could throw up in a bush. You can't yeah. diarrhea <laughs> on the street. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I just wanted to share that. Um, 
that story has nothing to do with today. <laughs> nothing. <clears throat> but don't you wish it did? But don't you wish it did? Don't you wish there was more to that? Just a shit, <laughs> a shit storm of an episode. Uh, this is not a shit storm of an episode. This is not because what are we doing today? We are talking about body image, sex, diet culture, all of the stuff that just keeps us down. Keeps us down. And who are we talking to? We're talking with Brenna O'Malley. Mm-hmm. And it- she's a dietitian, a non-diet dietitian, which is so fucking cool. Mm, so fucking cool. Lots of good mental shifts, I feel mm-hmm. like, can be taken away from this episode about just how you look at yourself and then how that impacts your relationships and your sex and mm-hmm. your pleasure. And um, it's just all gold. So much goes into sex. And as we always say, everything that happens outside of the bedroom impacts what's inside of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And this is just one of those ingredients that goes into our sex life. Hopefully there's no lamb. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> there's no lamb. TM. Miss M norms over here. Holy, Holy shit. Holy shitters. Am I right? Uh, so enjoy. Don't eat your lamb. <laughs> Don't eat like your farm animal. <laughs> like if you have a lamb, don't eat her. I once had a lamb named after me and then it was sold for slaughter. <laughs> True story, <What>? TM. <laughs> you had a lamb named after you? I did. By whom? A family member. Oh my God. And then they I sold- can't. I can't say anything else. I, I, I may have girl bossed a bit too close to this one. <laughs> when a lamb is named after you and then sold for fucking slaughter. Slaughter. God, it that's was hilarious. It was a distant cousin. Jesus Christ. What a slap in the face. What a slap in the face. I if only wish that they would have made you eat the lamb after that. <laughs> that would be funny. Cass eating Cass. Cass eating Cassandra. That is dark. Yeah. That is dark and twisty. So enjoy what is not dark and twisty. That is this episode. Yep. And we'll see you on the other side for a dark and twisty outro. Absolutely. I'm Brenna O'Malley. I'm a registered dietitian and founder of The Wellful, which is a virtual private practice and online non-diet community. So a lot of what I do and what I work on with clients is all centered around our relationships with food and our body. Um, A lot of the times we get, we all are exposed to different messages of like what we should eat, what we should look like. And a lot of the times that can become disordered or just take up more of your brain space than you really want it to. And so the main goal I would say of like a lot of people who I work with is to be able to have that take up less of their brain space, to spend more energy doing things that they are really excited about and make them, you know, they find a lot of value in. And so being able to kind of get back to that place and have a positive or at least more neutral relationship with food and their body. Um, And I'm from the East coast, but then moved recently back over to San Francisco. So now I'm also on the West Coast, which is really exciting. Dual coastal. Is that what it's called? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, I really like that. And I feel like I never knew that there was an option to be neutral about food in your body until we started getting into this space a little bit more. And I don't know why I never thought of that. I thought you either had to love it or you were constantly at war with it. Um, But that whole concept of non-diet culture and being completely just neutral is still super new to me. Yeah, I agree. I feel like even sometimes like in the non-diet space, it can still feel like that's the, like that it has, like there's like this pressure sort of to like, you can be neutral, but really you should love your body, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, like there's so much space in between there. And even if like getting to that neutral place is also awesome, right? Like that's super hard as well. And, um, can kind of like go with that same idea of just you're separating basically like your worth from your body. Mm -hmm. Like you are inherently worthy of all of these things. And like, you're yourself, like not connected to, you know, what you look like or how you measure up to like these different standards that are so arbitrary. And, um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I think it's a really, really powerful place to be at. And we've talked about before um, how that jump from where we're at, because a lot of us do struggle with body image, with food, um, with the messages that that we've gotten growing up. It's a big jump from that to body positivity or completely Mm -hmm. loving your body. Like that feels so inaccessible, I think, to so many people. I know I've been in like felt that pressure of like, how the hell am I supposed to get from like where I'm at to just, yes, I love it. And it feels like Mm -hmm. nobody could give like 
the perfect answer. Right. But body neutrality feels, while it's still like a feat, mm-hmm. it feels a lot more accessible and like, okay, mm-hmm. I could see how I could just I be more than a body where we can go with mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like that has to be almost the next step, you know, before like loving yourself and loving your body, because it's like, those are so many skills you have to learn of separating your worth from what you look like. It's almost like you can't fully have like body positivity before you understand what body neutrality is, is like kind of how it's laying out in my head to me. I mean, people do it, but to me, that feels like a logical step. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like the term body positivity actually came from like the, the fat acceptance movement in Mm -hmm. like the sixties. And so it's interesting to see like these different terms kind of, and how they kind of mean something different, especially on like Instagram, for instance, right? Like I feel like the hashtag body positive is like Mm -hmm. kind of ends up being like a lot of people who are not like stigmatized against necessarily or right like might be in like oftentimes like white bodies or like mid-sized bodies and and that not to say that I think this is where we kind of get into the conversation of like the difference between like struggling with body image and then like experiencing weight stigma or fat phobia right Mm -hmm. and so Um, because anybody in any body and all people in all bodies do experience varying degrees of body image, right? Like everyone can struggle with, with these different pieces. And it's like, this is not to negate those struggles at all because they can be so tumultuous and like, right. And then there's also like being treated differently for your body or like experiencing stigma and shame or like going into an airport or something and not having like a seat that fits your body or experiencing like stigma at the doctor's office and these different pieces. So it's so interesting, all of the terms. And as you were talking about that, it actually made me think of um, like radical body acceptance is another one as well. And there's a really great author, Sonia Renee Taylor, um, and they have a book, The Body's Not an Apology. And that's another great like, so I feel like it's kind of like, if this is something that someone's interested in or curious about, I feel like wherever you're at or whatever kind of resonates with you, like right now, there's a place that you can find support, if that makes sense, or something that resonates with you, which I think is kind of nice. Mm -hmm. I'll have to look into that book. I've never heard of it before. I've heard of it and it's on my list, but (laughs) I'm bad about getting to, I like collecting books and then I never read them, but they're beautifully displayed in a rainbow, (laughs) which Emma helped me with. (laughs) Um, But thank you for making that distinction between Mm -hmm. struggling with body image and experiencing fat phobia, because that is something that I feel like we haven't gotten into enough on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is so important because I, as a thin white cis woman, like do not experience fat phobia Mm -hmm. and I have struggled with body image, but those are such different things. And Mm -hmm. I don't move in a world that doesn't accept me or that doesn't cater to me. So Mm -hmm. I'm really glad you made that distinction. Yeah, absolutely. And then you mentioned it a couple of times with just saying body image. So can we give like a brief definition of what body image is then? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Body image is, I think the best way to describe it is it's your inner picture of your, of your outer self or of yourself. So it's not necessarily what you physically look like, because that's kind of where the idea that like how you, you know, if we were to line up a bunch of different people and like, maybe they're all all different shapes and sizes and bodies and abilities, right. They can all, everyone can have different degrees of body image because it's about how they see themselves or about like how they're feeling about themselves. Right. So it's not, as correlated with that external piece, except like that it can be influenced by it, right? If you're Mm -hmm. experienced, like you're based on your different lived experiences. Um, But I think the best way to think of it is like your inner picture of your outer self. So it can be influenced by things like, you know, can change day to day much more than your physical body can. So maybe you wake up, you feel fine. And then you go to put on like a pair of jeans and the jeans fit a little bit more snug than you're ready for. And all of a sudden you look in the mirror and then you're like critiquing your body. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas 10 seconds ago, before you put on the jeans, maybe you were kind of just going about your day and thinking about other things um, and not having those negative body image thoughts. So it can change pretty rapidly, which feels awful to put it simply right like it can change much more but it's not your physical body changing right like it's it's this inner picture um of yourself Mm -hmm. 
So if we are aiming for body neutrality, something that I think a lot about is like, I want to phrase this in the right way, is wanting to change your body inherently negative. Like, can you be neutral and also have feelings of like, oh, I I do want to change that. I know it as long as it's separate from your self-worth, like are those feelings of wanting to change something inherently body negative? Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, I think I think it's a good question. I think if like, let's say this was like, we're like pretending we're in like session or something, right? Where mm-hmm. I think you just have more time to talk about these things. I would say like, like what, like get curious about it. Like why, why, what would it feel like if, if your body were to be that? to be different or like, why, why is that, that like you're interested in your body being, you know, looking differently or, or changing. And there might be a whole list of things. It might be because, um, I just think that looks nicer. It might be like someone made a comment about my body. It might be because, you know, people will treat me differently. It might be all of these different things. And so if you kind of get curious about that, then you might find like, okay, like go down maybe that idea of like, okay, it's because of this. Okay. So why is that? Right. Like, can we get curious about that? And like, I think that's a lot of this holding space and unwrapping those different pieces, not to say, right. We can't paint it all with the same brushstroke and say, mm-hmm. always that is inherently bad. Right. I think there's so much value in saying, why is that? Like, where does that belief come from? Um, like, who, who, where did you learn that from? Like, how does that show up right now? And like what, where your values are and what's important to you. So I think that getting curious about it is a really good starting place. Right. Yeah. I can definitely see like, cause I've had those thoughts as well. And you can, I can feel a difference between like, I don't like my body thoughts and thoughts of like, oh, I just really want to be stronger here. Like I really want, like this is when I feel really good and healthy versus I hate that I look this way, you know? So it's, it's Mm -hmm. also like feeling how my thoughts are coming at me as well kind of dictates like what, what it means to me, like what those thoughts mean to me, you know, like Mm -hmm. why I want to change, like also just feeling it. Yeah. Like you can almost tell like Well, sometimes I feel like, I feel like what you're describing is so like spot on, right? Of like that feeling of like, I want, like, I'm feeling this way. And it's like, I feel like there might be this underlying thing Mm -hmm. here that like maybe is being influenced by this or like, actually like this just like felt really nice to me, right? Whatever it is, like whatever Mm -hmm. that choice is that you're thinking of. I think we sometimes have those like gut check moments almost Mm -hmm. of like, I feel like this is coming from this place. Right. And so to wrap this also into our favorite topic of sex. How do you mm-hmm. feel like body image really can affect your sex life? Yeah, I think it can have a huge impact, which I think is no surprise until mm-hmm. I guess during this episode, right? But if you're thinking about how you're feeling about yourself, how you're thinking that like other people are seeing you, how you're feeling in your body specifically, I think it can, we get all of these different messages around like, like beauty and, and sex and desirability and all of those different things, which can manifest in how we feel about ourselves and how we think someone else is feeling about us, like a partner, whoever you're with. And it can, you know, impact how you're, how you're feeling comfortable, like having sex with someone or like being intimate with someone or like certain positions that you feel comfortable in or don't feel comfortable in, or like allowing yourself to get out of your head or right. Like a a million things. Like I'm sure, um, you both can like, you know, think of like the same ones, but I feel like that's something so often that comes up is like, you know, right. We might do this work for ourselves and like feel a certain way about ourselves, but then it's kind of like this, what is this other person maybe thinking about me or how are they viewing me too? And I think if there's any inkling of body image pieces coming up, which is really the majority of people, I think to some degree, um, it can really impact how you're feeling and like able to like show up for yourself and like enjoy, enjoy being with someone or enjoy like pleasure. Mm -hmm. Something that I've been thinking about a lot is this idea that like, you know, when I'm sitting by myself, a lot of these issues, it's like, oh, you know, I can see how that's rooted in something that I was taught. I can see how like, you know, the benefits of uprooting it. 
And then it's hard because then I have to go into these situations where it's like, yeah, those are still very real things. Like I'm still very nervous about somebody seeing my body or I still have to walk out into the world and like, you know, live in a society that does hold these really specific standards. And so it's hard to navigate like, yeah, of course I don't want, like I, I would love to have less time spent on wanting to change my body. And at the same time, I have to exist in a world that pressures me to change my body. And so it's like finding a balance of like, you know, we've been talking a lot about like plastic surgery and cosmetic surgeries personally. And I just think it's such an interesting conversation because it's like, yeah, it would be great if I woke up and was just like, I'm perfect as is, but it's like, I don't live in a society that's going to tell me every day Mm -hmm. I'm perfect as is. It's not really a question. It's just like a a thing I've been thinking about Mm -hmm. so much lately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's big and present in our life. I mean, you and I both like, we can take this out if you don't want me to talk about it, but we've talked about like getting our lips done. I talk a lot about getting my boobs done, you know, and I think we do a pretty good job of sitting, thinking and wondering where that's coming from. And I feel Mm -hmm. like both of us, if we were to do things like that, it would come from a spot of like, this is going to make me really happy, but it also, it's not, true for everyone you know Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of time to think about what these changes mean and what they can mean for like your future so it's a lot it's a lot to think about and like even if you know obviously everybody who's listened to this knows I think about things for fucking ever (laughs) before I make a decision and I'm so Mm -hmm. just like conscious of everything and it's like yeah I can think about getting my lips done for however long I will never know fully if that is like my own decision, not influenced by something some stupid boy said to me in middle school. Right. Because that's why I didn't get bangs for forever, you know? And it's like... Look at you, rocking them now. (laughs) Look at me now. It's just, it's so complicated. It is really complicated. And so in line of like, you know, we have to be in these situations where it is going to be hard. And with sex being one of those situations... We've talked to some people before, like, what can you do in the moment Mm -hmm. when you start to have those, like, bad body image thoughts or negative thoughts? Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for that? Yeah, I think think a good place, a good, like, starting point, first of all, I love that conversation, too. I think, like, (laughs) the whole idea of, like, plastic surgery and, like, I think what you're saying, too, I'll just comment on this because I feel like it makes me excited, but, like... And I feel like I just had this conversation with some of my friends also like a few weeks ago, but it's just, yeah, like at the end of the day, it's also about you and like being able to like, right, we live in this society and we have these different messages, but that doesn't mean that even if something also aligns with, you know, like these different messages and you like it, like mm-hmm. then you get to do, right? You know, yeah, like, exactly. then you, like that also doesn't mean that then you can't choose, like have to kind of choose the opposite sort mm-hmm. of a thing mm-hmm. either, but it's totally like this tricky space because mm-hmm. it almost feels like you're this double negative yeah, area that you get exactly. into. Exactly. Like, am I denouncing everything that I believe in because mm-hmm. I want to get my lips done? And it's like, no, I live in this body. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one that has to live in this body. And I get to do what I want with it because I believe in people getting to choose whatever the hell they want to do with their bodies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's a part of that. Just being happy. Just being happy. Mm-hmm. It's the same with like shaving your legs, isn't it? You know what I yeah. mean? It's like... Yeah, body hair should be allowed on anybody and anybody should be able to keep it. I personally don't like body hair. I don't like body hair on anybody. That's just my personal Mm -hmm. sensory issue. (laughs) Please continue with your thought. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, I think think that there are a couple of things. Like I think kind of along those lines, like how can you make yourself normally like body image in general, someone's having a tough body image day. I think about like, we're in the moment, right? Like we're not going to go and maybe like be the most reflective in this moment and be like, okay, like think of all the things that might've influenced this. Like that's something we can do sort of after the tough moment. So I think of what can we do right now to like make you be, feel more comfortable. So I do think that's something that can be really helpful to brainstorm ahead of time. If you have any inkling that this might come up with you, like whether it's like around sex or around like your day, like whatever it is. So some of those things might be like, maybe it feels nicer to like have like the lights dimmed or like have like the lights off or something like that, or wear something like that you feel really comfortable in or that you like, right. Or, um, kind of like guide someone to like 
things that feel good to you or like certain areas of your body that do feel comfortable or less sensitive to like being touched or um, if there are areas that you feel really sensitive about, like maybe there's like a starting place where you're not touching those right away or something like that. Um, I think that all of those, and, and, you know, depending on like what your situation is, I think communicating that with someone can also be great. It doesn't even have to be opening up, like depending on the relationship or who they are, it doesn't even have to be opening up about these are like the things that I'm working on, or this is what I'm thinking about, but more like, I really like it when you touch me here. Like, that's not my favorite part to like, you know, like my stomach, let's say, like, I really like it when you touch me over here instead of, instead of that, like those can all just be guiding things that you're helping someone like help you feel good basically, or have that experience. And you're also kind of setting boundaries for yourself at the same time. Um, So sometimes knowing those things ahead of time, or maybe even talking about them ahead of time can be like a way to sort of, you know, have those ways that you're making yourself more comfortable Mm -hmm. in the moment too. Bringing light to things that make you uncomfortable can be crunchy, but it almost helps, you know, it's like, it doesn't this suck about it's my me? favorite pastime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then it's, it's kind of nice because maybe, you know, they feel bad for you. So they compliment it. You know? <laughs> so it's kind of like, but it's also healthy to have Is this that your goal. <laughs> I mean, it's not not my goal. Is that why we do this podcast? <laughs> Look how embarrassing shower sex was for me compliment me yeah but like feel bad and compliment me you know but sometimes it can just start a more like lighthearted conversation about Mm. something that feels really big and serious to you and then that can help just dull the situation out for you a little bit I mean it's not the best solution but it's worked I'm sure I have a lot of privilege in saying this but I have never had a scenario where I have brought up something that I'm insecure about and not left that conversation feeling a million times better. Like Mm -hmm. literally since high school with my high school boyfriend, I have this very vivid moment of like, I told him this big secret that I thought I had this really shameful thing about myself. And he was like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, so was that it? Mm -hmm. It it was that I had made out with a girl in like second grade. Um, And it's just like things like that. When you say it, you're like, oh shit. Yeah. It's actually not that big. Or like mm-hmm. when I point out, I'm actually not super comfortable when you touch me there, but I want to be. Right. Exactly. Like, oh, you can okay. work and workshop. And I think there's a lot of power in that. Mm-hmm. So along with talking, how about like affirmations that you have for yourself? Are those also something that you encourage or believe in or think actually work? Yeah, I personally like affirmations and I think I use them a lot with clients And I know that they can feel really hard. Like Mm -hmm. I know that some people really don't like them. And, and so I find it to be like, if someone is totally turned off to the idea of them, like, I think that there are other ways that we can go about, right. That same thing. But I will say that in the beginning, especially they do feel kind of awkward, right. Because you're kind of, sometimes you're like, I do not believe this. Like I feel kind of dumb saying what is really silly. Right. And like, And I think that if we think about it as like, normally I'll have someone kind of like create their, their own, right. So like, maybe what are some things that like you would say to a friend or you would say to someone you care about and like, can we like flip that around and have them be to yourself? Um, you know, maybe something like I am like enough or like, I am like doing okay, or I'm doing my best or, you know, I really like this aspect of my body. Like maybe it's like something, you know, physical. And I think if you, if you even leave them in like a note section of your phone and like say them to yourself or sometimes have them as like a reminder, even like, let's say something's really hard. It's kind of like, okay, I'm going to read through these, through these right now. And I know that I don't always believe them, but there are also times where like, I think that they could be potentially true in the future. And Oftentimes it's kind of this idea of like, might not believe them at first and that's okay because they're new and like sometimes really uncomfortable, but the more that we say them and the more that we like think about them, like they become easier to believe and they become easier to say to yourself. And even if you're not ever at a point where you're like 100%, I'm like screaming this down the street, you can like start to sort of like desensitize a little bit to them feeling so, so far away from where you're at. And so I do think that they can really be 
a really helpful place. And also you're like giving yourself that validation. Whereas I think there's something really powerful in that versus not that we can't get validation from other people. Right. But a lot of like moving away from diet culture, these different messages is kind of that if we're always using someone else's measuring Mm -hmm. stick to like, see how we're doing or like, you know, how, how good we are, how attractive we are, right? Like it's hard because it's so arbitrary and everyone has these different things and the tides shift. And then all of a sudden something else is like trendy or considered beautiful. Right. And so by being able to give that to yourself and practice giving that to yourself, I think is like a really powerful thing to, to start with. Mm -hmm. Affirmations make sense, especially when I start to think about how like the negative messages I've told myself have definitely built some right. strong neural pathways. And like for, I'm just using a random example. Like if I were to say my boobs are too small, like there was a point in my life when I didn't believe that. I just, <laughs> I had no concept of it. Mm-hmm. And then I started telling myself that. And now that's like there. So mm-hmm. imagine if I had said my boobs mm-hmm. are beautiful. My boobs are beautiful. <laughs> and so to get a clear definition of an affirmation then, so is that just something you believe about yourself, you want to believe about yourself. I feel affirmations can kind of be broad, right? Is it just supposed to be a positive thing that you're telling yourself or is it a plan? Like how do you construct an affirmation? Yeah, I think, I think normally, I think I use the term, which maybe it's like, we could probably check it. Maybe it's not even correct, but I use it (laughs) as like some, some sort of like a reminder to yourself or like something for yourself. So I feel like typical ones are like, I am enough or like I deserve enough food every day or I like don't need to compensate for eating or like I'm worthy of like being with someone because of myself, like not related to my body size or something like that. Um, So I think they're kind of like a mix of like an I am statement or something that you would like want to tell yourself or sometimes I'll say like, okay, let's say you're having a really tough day. What's like something you wish you could remember on that day or like in this moment or something that you just like kind of want to tell yourself almost like a pep talk sort of to yourself. Um, So I would say that's like the way that I construct them normally. So it's kind of can be either based on a situation that you were in or something like that, where you can say, okay, what do I wish I had told myself in this moment? Um, But I also think it can be kind of open-ended. And sometimes if like people are writing their own, I think they become a little bit more aligned with, their own like wording and, and phrasing too, which it feels a little bit more organic than kind of some that you might find online, though those are really great if you don't really know where to start. Yeah. I've seen a lot on TikTok that I'm like, wow, that was beautifully put, but I could not for the life of me remember it the next right? day. <laughs> you like so, need to get it tattooed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is like putting it as a notes in your phone is a really great mm-hmm. idea. Um, I thought it was, you said reminder, but I also think that's kind of cute. If like you randomly schedule it in your phone to like pop up at you, I think that could be really cute. Um, but or even like the I am song, you know, it's like, I yeah, am I'm wealthy. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. could just use those, <laughs> that, play that song once a day. <laughs> yeah. And so one, I love that song, but two, putting mm-hmm. it in your own words probably is a lot more like resonates a lot more and kind of sinks a little bit deeper. Cause yeah, I've, I've seen ones that I've loved, but I can't remember it for the life of me. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I just want to be rich. I think that's what it was. <laughs> like my brain would never say that. Exactly. So yeah. it's not really, I'm sure it would click eventually if I taught my brain to say mm-hmm. it, but if I'm already struggling, right. I don't really want to struggle more. Which is maybe why people also feel like they can be a little silly because of the ones that they hear and they're like, I would never say that though. Mm-hmm. I would never say it like that. And so that maybe can be a deterrent too to start trying some affirmations. Cause we say like, I hate my hips all the time. And that's something that comes out of my mouth all the time. But it's like, what's a positive thing that I say all the I time? I love my voluptuous, <laughs> my voluptuous. I don't have a problem. That was just an example. But. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I've never heard I've you never say heard a that, thing but <laughs> about your hips. Yeah. <laughs> They're fine. <laughs> They're fine. <But> Neutral. <laughs> yeah. Body neutrality right there. <laughs> But I think that's such a good point, though, of like how if we think about how long you've practiced, like all of us, I think in some way, like practiced being mean to ourselves or like practiced like, you know, these like negative body image affirmations almost, Mm -hmm. right? Like 
you're probably very good at them first. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm fantastic. <laughs> like you're, they come easily to you. Mm-hmm. You're like well-versed in like an array of different ones for all you different can speak times, multiple right? languages and uh-huh. body negativity. That's for sure. <laughs> and so it's like, it I'm makes masters. so much sense that one, it would be hard to like stop that because you're really good and you're really practiced for like many years. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost like, kind of giving credit to like, wow, well, those were really effective, right? Impactful. So it's like kind of almost shows that like, you know, starting to even notice those and be like, okay, every time I walk past this mirror, I'm like totally bashing myself or I'm like being really critical of myself. Like I want to be more aware of that so that when I walk past this mirror, I can say like, at first, maybe I'm just going to say like, I'm noticing I do this all the time. And then the next time I'm going to say, I'm going to just try and like pause on this and be like, just not doing this today, or I'm going to like push this off. And then maybe there's a time where like, there's something more neutral, or you're just kind of like, look at something objective, like I'm wearing a sweater today, right? Instead (laughs) of like, something that's automatically negative. And all of that can sort of just interrupt these cycles that we've gotten really good and at doing, um, and then maybe there's like a point too, where it can kind of be like something more positive. And by practicing those more positive things, maybe it becomes a time where like you can go by the mirror or neutral and like, it's more, it's easier to like have one of those thoughts pop up. Right. Cause you're kind of like noticed it, interrupted that cycle, kind of practiced a new way of doing it and then can kind of switch the narrative. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I like the, um, example of just maybe pushing the thought out of your mind too. If like you can't summon a nice thing, don't say anything at all. That's a golden <laughs> rule. So it's like, I like the idea that you can actually just like be like, not today. I'm tired. Mm-mm. I've had a long day. So it's like, pass. I've had enough out of you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get into more talking, but with other people. So this is going to be a bit of a thing, but we're going to go with it. Uh, we talk a lot about not yucking somebody's yum in regards to kink, sex, all of that. So not shaming people for what they're into. And I, I've been thinking about that in terms of how we talk to other people about their food or how other people talk to us about our food. So I'm thinking specifically like, wow, you ate a lot or you're not eating enough or, oh my God, you're going to eat that, mm-hmm. that sort of vibe. Um, and we've talked about before how as a friend group, we've like collectively made the decision that we will not judge each other's food or comment on each other's food because we've all felt triggered by that and kept it's like stayed with us. And then we had listeners say like, oh yeah, we've experienced the same thing. So I'd love if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. First of all, it's awesome that your friend group is like on board with that. Cause I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like that can make such a huge difference of just not being, and then it's so obvious too, sometimes when you are in a situation where that isn't the rule, which is kind of like, unfortunately, maybe more common, right. Mm-hmm. That it's either the end and it's can be really jarring and like really upsetting to just notice how, how prevalent that is. So I think if you're noticing a lot of like that sort of talk, whether it's like those comments on like your food choices or other people's food choices or someone's like own food choices, I think the first piece is that always or almost always has much more to do with them than it has to do with you and is like much more so a reflection of like their own relationship with food, their own relationship with their body. So it's not about you, which is like the first piece that doesn't always help, but it's kind of important, right? Mm-hmm. To like, just put that into perspective of like, people often don't go around just because they're like thinking about these other things. It's like, they have this rule or they have had this experience themselves that they like, you know, are seeing like maybe pushed the boundaries up or whatever that is. Um, and then I think there's like these two pieces, like setting like an external part, like an external boundary or being able to navigate that and then an internal part. So the external part might be something like either like walking away from a situation. If it's sort of like a, a standing situation where you can kind of just ignore it and maybe kind of like with the mirror example, it's like, not today, I'm not dealing with this. And you maybe just like walk away or remove yourself Or it might be something like a pivot, like saying like, uh, oh my gosh, isn't it wild that like, we're always talking about like the food that we're eating in that way. Or isn't it wild that like we, the first thing that we always comment on is like someone's body. Like, I'm so excited to see you because of this, this, and this reason, Mm -hmm. something like that. So it's kind of like a cheeky way to sort of call it out. Um, 
or it could just be a total change of topic. Like you literally just maybe have looked up something that you want to talk about and you just (laughs) change the topic. Um, Or saying like either in that moment or maybe at a different time, depending on your relationship with this person, like, Hey, those comments, like, don't make me feel great. Like I, I would just appreciate if you wouldn't comment on my body or on my, my food, like I've got it handled. (laughs) Like I, or, you know, like I'm an adult, I can make my own choices or that just like makes me feel kind of bad. Like makes me feel kind of shitty when you're like commenting on my food choices. Like, you know, I, I wanted this thing and then you're like saying this. So I think those like a total range of like, depending on your relationship with the person, depending on like the situation that you're in, you can sort of set a boundary around like, maybe that's a conversation with the person. Maybe it's just like a pivot in the moment. And that's another thing that you can have like in your phone. Like let's say you're going to a holiday dinner or something where, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk like that and reading like a random article or or a movie that you want to talk about or like a trip that you've recently taken. And then just having some talking points sort of like as silly as that sounds, but just for the moment, like that you can bring up, um, and, and then having that one option of just kind of like removing yourself from the situation. So those are like the external pieces that I think of. And then the internal is that because we can't control how someone might react to the external, right? Like whether someone might, you know, say nothing or have a conversation, or if they keep on doing this, then how can you take care of yourself when you're in that Mm -hmm. situation? So this kind of goes back to almost that notes app idea of like different affirmations or something that you'd want to tell yourself in that moment. So maybe it's having some like screenshots of your favorite Instagram posts, or it's having a podcast queued up that you want to listen to um, that like just makes you feel good or like makes you feel like, you know, there are people who don't talk about food all the time in this way or talk about their bodies so negatively Um, or just having some reminders for yourself. Like, I'm okay. I, I know my body best. Like I know that this type of talk like really upsets me or like just doesn't make me feel good. And I don't really want to be around it. So what are some things I can do right now that help me feel a little bit better in the moment? And I think also like almost taking note of the people who like that do have more of that talk and then kind of like knowing that when you go in there and then if it's people who maybe you have more of like flexibility around like your time that you're spending with them like let's say in like dating or something like if someone you go on a date and someone's like immediately talking about all of their different things that they're eating or not eating or like asking about that that you can have that sort of as your own like okay I don't know if this you know is this someone who I want to spend a lot of time with or like not so much or is this something that like I want to bring up and like have a conversation around or not so much right and like Mm -hmm. and and like having those options for yourself too Mm-hmm. Definitely. How about like fueling yourself in like those, the good stuff with food, you know, cause we want to be sure that we are giving ourselves the like proper nutrition. So how do we start constructing our diet to really fuel ourselves and all of our activities? Yeah. I think, I think the first piece, if we think of like eating like a pyramid is like making sure that you're eating enough, like pyramid, not in like the, the food pyramid uh-huh. from when you're in like third grade, but pyramid isn't like what's at the foundation of it is eating enough. And mm-hmm. like a lot of the times, um, if there's any, like a lot of the times we're taught that the idea to like any feelings about body image or not feeling comfortable in our body is to like change how we're eating to change how we feel about our body, which kind of goes back to that initial point of like your body image is like your inner picture, right? It's not changed necessarily by changing your body. So it's a flawed idea, but it's one that's like totally out there. Um, So I think the first piece is that, you know, you need to be fueling your body and like giving yourself enough. Um, And so by doing that, a lot of the times, if you're doing any sort of like body image work or working from like a lens of like intuitive eating or a non-diet approach, then you can start to tune in more to like what actually feels good to your body. And I know that as a baseline can sort sound sort of like very far off again. Um, and I think just like we were saying with like 
how you've practiced these other things for a really long time, these things take practice too. Like you're learning a new way of like listening to yourself or finding out what foods feel good to you or um, what feels like enough to you or how your body like does change every single day and might need different kinds and amounts of foods. Um, And so when you have a little bit more gentleness around that, you can start to, you know, be able to listen to that. And so that might look like having more like variety in your diet, like trying different things that maybe you haven't tried in the past, seeing how it feels when you try different like combinations of foods and all of that can come from like this more flexible approach around food, which oftentimes can trickle into feeling more flexible around like how you're feeling in your body. And then also often in like relationships and like sex and all the other aspects and things that you show up for in your life too. I think that's my favorite diet tip I've ever heard. Make sure you're eating enough because I feel like that's not not generally what you hear hear Mm -hmm. or see Mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, eat this, this, and this. And that's the tip. And it's like, okay, well, what if that doesn't work for me? Yeah. What if I don't like it? Mm -hmm. I'm picky. I'm picky gal. Yeah. And I think another one of the things that that we get really wrapped up with with food, um, we've talked a lot about like dating and stuff like that, um, like in my personal life. And I feel like people can get really specific with what they eat on date nights and stuff like, oh, well, I don't want to eat this because I'll look like this later if we have sex or because my outfit won't fit and like look at great. And I just, I hate getting wrapped up in that when you're just trying to fuel your body to have a night out or like mm-hmm. if you know you're going to go drinking, but it's like you don't want to eat pasta to like soak everything up, you know, and be a hearty meal, but you get wrapped up and like, oh, but then I'm going to be bloaty and that's so many calories and like all this stuff. And it's, it just gets hard when you're just trying to fuel your body and like Mm -hmm. all these different food choices. Totally, totally. And it is hard because it's Mm -hmm. hard because like we've gotten all these messages of like what you should look like or what like is good or not good or like what to be conscious of. And And I think that also those kinds of things, especially around like whether it's a night out or like a date night or whatever it is, is that that can often like fuel sort of like fuel in the opposite way, fuel restriction. Mm -hmm. And then maybe it's like, okay, I'm not going to have these things beforehand because I'm going to go on a date, but that can also result in like, maybe then you're having some drinks and then like, right. Like you might like, you need, first of all, you just need food, even if you're going out drinking, right? Mm -hmm. Like your body still needs food. Um, but then it can also result in like feeling really hungry when you get home, rightfully so, or feeling more out of control around foods because you haven't had enough earlier in the day, which also is not very fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think as far as like the idea of like looking a certain way, right? Like human bodies change all day long. Like they blow, we go to the bathroom, we like poop, we fart, we do all (laughs) of these different things. Right. So you're, you're with another human body and you're a human body. So they're going to go through changes and like, sometimes you're going to be bloated. And even though if that might feel so hard and like, that's something that like, if you're working one-on-one with someone or in a group setting, like we can hold space for and like walk through, but also it's so normal, like bodies blow and they look differently. And sometimes you have a stomach ache for absolutely no reason in the world. Right. Or like you're lactose intolerant, right. Or, you know, whatever. And you like wanted the amazing, like cheese pasta, whatever it is. And so there are all of these <laughs> things that happen. And I think by like being a little bit more compassionate with yourself and like, kind and being like, okay, I'm also a human who's like going to go and have like this fun date night that I'm going to want to like be present for and be like, have enough energy to like pay attention to the conversation and not be just like scanning the menu ahead of time and like only ordering these specific things and then getting anxious. If like someone orders something to share because it wasn't on my plan, right? Like all of those things are happen a lot right like if if you feel really outed like 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 that or like that's normal too but also like it really takes you away from being able to have that experience and like pay attention to the person who you're sitting with or like even yourself right like noticing like how you're feeling like we can get so sucked up and preoccupied by all of those different rules and shoulds that it's like how are you feeling like are you happy to be here are you like having a good time like how are you feeling in your body like um and I think it can just feel so distracting that mm-hmm. um, it's really like takes up so much brain space. 
It's a lot. Food can be so complicated, but I feel like you've given us a lot of really good tips and kind of like some beginning armor, you know, to go into these situations. situations. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything that you feel like we didn't cover that you would like to add any last minute tips? I feel like you did such a good job of Mm -hmm. like just giving us the lay of the land. (laughs) Um, But if there's anything that you feel like we didn't cover, we'd love to hear. Yeah. I think, I think that knowing that body image is so personal and it's really hard and that oftentimes everyone has some aspect of it that they're working through. And so I think, I think that if you identify something that's like taking up more of your energy, like mental energy, even then you would like it to, then that's enough to have it be something that like you pursue support for, whether that's reading a book, whether that's like reaching out and talking with a friend about it, whether that's working with someone one-on-one. I think that there are so many aspects of it that just from like working with clients, but also like talking with friends and like people in my life, right? Like I'm sure you both relate is that it, it has become so normalized that it's just this thing that it's like, oh, well, I won't do this because of this. And it's like, oh, like I like, and you hear it from a friend or you hear it from someone else and you're like, oh gosh, I wish you didn't feel that way because there's so much like, that is like so wonderful about you and like that you deserve all of these great things or like, it would be so cool if you could experience this relationship or this thing or this thing in your life without those thoughts or with less of them. And so I just feel really strongly that I would love if, right, like everyone just had less of that taking up their brain space. So I think if it feels like something that you're struggling with or thinking about and it's holding you back from like sex or relationships or other aspects of your life, that it's something that can change. Mm -hmm. That's great to feel like you have an open door at the end of it. You know, like it doesn't have to be the the way you think for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So that was a great last thing to end on, I think. Yeah. And where can our listeners continue to connect with you after this episode? Yeah, I'm on Instagram and a little bit on TikTok at mm-hmm. The Wellful. Um, and then my website is thewellful.com where there's like one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and then a non-diet community, which is like um, kind of like a monthly subscription with a bunch of other people mm-hmm. who are going through similar things. After the intro, I feel like you would be poop and I'd be too. No. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we got new names for ourselves. Poop and Toots. Poop and Toots. Hosts of Honey Do Me Podcast. Yeah. I really think I want to be Toots. But you're poop after that intro. But after the intro, I have to be poop. But I love to toot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a toot. But I live for toots. (laughs) Toot, scoot, and boogie. Am I right? Love a toot. Toot toot. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to toot my own horn, but toot. I would. Toot. If only I could fart on demand right now in this outro, I would be a millionaire with my talent. But who should be a millionaire for her talent is Brenna. So thank you so much for being on the episode today. And thank you to our weirdo listeners for tuning in yet again on another week of us two two poops (laughs) two poops (laughs) (laughs) i have another like quick thing that it reminded me of this tiktok i'm sure you've seen the tiktok (laughs) that's like hot girls have stomach issues Uh there's a million of them well there's this one that's a stitch and it's this guy and he's like all hot girls have ibs (laughs) and then it goes to this girl and she's just laying in bed and she moves the phone and she puts it to her ass and and she farts so loud it's It's so funny so funny it's so funny it's like he really thought he was doing something i know and then she's like fine fine you want me you want me that was a fart on demand by poop over here i miss poop <laughs> take it away toots and if you're loving what poop and toots have to offer head on over to apple Podcasts, rate review and subscribe to honey do me aka poop, poop and toots <laughs> Leave a written review. If this is going to be the episode that gets you there, go ahead and leave a poop emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you're fueling yourself the right way, you have regular bowel movements. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Poop out. (laughs) And Toots is right there behind you. Uh, We'll see you next week. I hope. (laughs) Bye. Bye.